Hello, I'm Steve, the retired criminal investigator with the Office of Special Investigations, the Air Force's federal law enforcement agency. I'm Hannah, his daughter, the amateur true crime enthusiast. I have always been fascinated with my dad's job, and I love starting conversations with him to learn more. Join us each week as we share these conversations with you and discuss a real criminal case that piques our interest. Hi! Welcome to a surprise bonus episode of True Crime Archives this week. What are we talking about, Dad? This is exciting. <laughs> yeah, for, for fun, <laughs> we reviewed a crime show, an NCIS episode, a recent mm-hmm. one, and we're going to talk about the case that they did, and yes. we're just going to have some fun with it. I bet you got some questions for me, mm-hmm. you know, um, and we'll just see where it goes. I mostly, mostly it was because I had put it out there on our social media that if we had gotten to 100 followers, we would do like a fun little bonus episode mm-hmm. of one of the TV shows. So this is actually a show that we used to watch a lot yep. growing up. I have, we haven't watched it in so long, though. Yeah, it's just become a lot of drama, which is fine. It's good drama. It's a good show. Um, it is a good show, but I was it was nowhere near what it used to be, so I was a little disappointed, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Well, they did a lot in 43 minutes. Yeah. And um, we're going we're gonna to talk about it. So we are talking about uh, NCIS. It's the regular, the original one, the OG. It's season 18, episode 7. It's called The First Day. It actually just aired in February, so it's pretty mm. recent. It is their first COVID episode. Right, they got masks on it's and everything. It's stupid. <laughs> no, go watch it. It's so stupid the way they do it. They wear masks in the elevator, guys, and then they get up to the building and they take them off. Yeah, they're just trying to show that they're, <laughs> so they're it's during the current time. And, and it, it's always been a show that has like inculcated like the whatever's going on in the world yeah it's pretty it's pretty up to date with the year that we're in right okay so whatever whatever social issues out there that it's always on the show right it opens up with this what is she like a tow truck driver yep tow truck just yeah looking for a vehicle that was abandoned apparently got the call in the middle of the night and it's Mm -hmm. some northern virginia back road (laughs) Right, because if you didn't know, this takes place um, in Virginia, Quantico, right? Uh, the, well, this is where the person was stationed. the The NCIS crew. It's always in Virginia, the, though. The I thought. Cr- well, the crew is out of the Washington field office. Okay. So they're actually right. They're actually stationed in, in D.C. Oh, they're, that's right. That's their right. Their yeah, office. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Their office is in D.C. But a lot of the bases that they support are in Northern Virginia, Maryland. Right. So she uh, comes upon this vehicle that is pulled off the side of the road. She gets out, walks up. The passenger door is open, and there is a guy in the front seat who looks like he was shot in the neck, but I I guess it was the shoulder. He's obviously dead, right? Yeah, he's a dead guy. She calls Calls the police. Yeah, so she she would call the police, right? Yeah, just 911. They get the police there. And eventually, so, yeah, like when, why does NCIS get involved? Okay, good, good first question. Um, and those people that remember, I did a similar job for the Air Force. Mm-hmm. Police call and you know, the police arrive on scene, probably, and they're, they're figuring out that they have a Marine. Nope. It was a petty officer, so he's in they the have naval, naval officer. Naval officer. Yeah. <laughs> they have a naval officer. Oops. They have a naval officer who's been shot and killed. So that's NCIS. So NCIS. So they call NCIS. Yes. Shows up. 
and and arrives. We're going to talk a little bit about that too. Uh, it it should have been a joint case, but I was it, that's one of my questions. <laughs> okay, Don't get okay. ahead of me. Right, okay, <laughs> At the right. end, I literally wrote that down. I was okay, like, okay. Mm. okay. So and say next morning, you know, in right. in traditional drama fashion, we're skipping all the drama. You know, in traditional fashion of the show, you know, Gibbs comes in, the supervisor comes in and says, "Grab your gear, we got a dead body" or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> or I think he made them guess for it in this. Oh, episode. Oh, okay, <laughs> he was yeah, like, yeah, "What? Anyways. Guess what we have?" Yeah. Uh, so the crime scene. So they get there, and who is okay? So let's talk about who is who first. Who mm-hmm. is Gibbs? Who is he so to the team? He's the supervisor, right? Mm-hmm. So what he? They never really say. He sure acts like a special agent in charge, but I think he's more like a supervisory special agent. Either way. None of those people are really running cases. He, he He's more like a team lead, mm-hmm. but it's kind of weird because him and his, what, four, three-person team? Right? Four, four. Four-person four team? Six, I guess. Well, we're talking, let's, we'll get the forensics and the medical examiner in a second, right. but his four special agent person team, they get to do one thing at a time, and they have access to the director anytime they want. <laughs> I, I mean, sure, it, it's that's for TV, but that just doesn't happen. You don't have access to that quick or that fast um but he acts like more like a team lead because he's out there doing the the thing with him right he's out there um and then we have mcgee who has been there the whole time yeah he's like the senior special agent right uh there's oh i guess there is three i put jimmy up there because i wasn't sure what his was uh there's ellie and then nick torres who is fez (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, and then Jimmy is so Jimmy. Who who would he is be? The, he's the medical examiner. Okay, and he took over for Ducky. Right, D- Ducky was the he left the show, but he makes guest appearances, which he did. He did th- today. He did today. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so, so happy. Um, but the medical examiner. It seems like the medical examiner is part of your team, but it's just not like that. Yeah, you you, you don't have personal fr- I mean you might know him. Like I did a lot of death cases, so I got mm-hmm. to know the medical examiner, but. Sometimes it was a Navy medical examiner. Sometimes it was an Air Force. It, d- it depended. Right. You know, there's a whole office of those people. That, so you that do respond. have, the military does have their Yeah, own. but you don't have them down the hallway in your office. Right. Only you doing know. what you want them to do. <laughs> true. <laughs> well, he was kind of helping out D.C. today. <laughs> that, yeah, that's true. But so you guys do have your own medical examiners. It's no, not no, like a. The mili- well, the military the service, does, right? The that's service has uh, their own medical examiner, not the criminal investigative agency. Ah. They're independent of, um, they work with you, but they're independent of the criminal investigative agency. So that's wrong already in the show. <laughs> no, it's just it, they're down the hall, down in the basement in this case, right? Yeah. Or is he? Yeah, he's in the basement along with. So, yeah. Along with. Uh, so forensics. Casey Hines, who is who used to be Abby <laughs> for all the OGs yeah, that yeah. used to watch this in the beginning, Abby. She's the forensic scientist. Now, that is a person that's assigned to NCIS probably. Mm-hmm. Usually they're a little bit more geographically separated too. Same same thing. You don't, um, you don't have that person right down the hall, your, your lab right down the hall. <laughs> yeah. You don't have that. Now, is it because they work out of the Washington field office? That she's there, maybe potentially, but mm-hmm. again, she's only working for that one team, and in a matter of seconds, she has the, the <laughs> yeah. The, we're gonna the speed thing. I think our listeners are gonna would agree or would already know that it just doesn't happen this mm-hmm. fast. We'll talk about. I think most of it is real, but it just doesn't happen that fast in real life, right? You know, but but yes, um, the forensic scientist, and this person is not 
a special agent. Mm-hmm. I know in my organization, in Air Force Office of Special Investigations, they were special agents. They, they, yeah, yeah they had a master's in forensic science, uh, science from George Washington University. That's cool. And each, each one, there was several of them, they were geographically separated, and they all had some specialty. Uh, someone was bu- was a bug person, someone was a blood person, someone was a bone person. Yeah, I remember I have a friend who did the bug thing and she wanted yeah. to do... Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I, I never knew that was like a real job <laughs> until I met yeah. her. So, But this person on the show is an expert in everything. <laughs> Does everything. Yeah. It's just, it, it, I, I don't know, I just... Yeah, it's impossible to know everything. Right. <laughs> okay, is that the... Who else so, on the team? Oh. Well, and then there's oh. just... I wasn't going to get to them yet, but we can. Oh. There's also the right. director who is... Oh, jeez, yeah. Leon Vance, he's been on the show the whole time, too. Yeah, the, the director. <laughs> he, You know, he just... He's watching your interrogation, watching your interviews. He's, he's talking directly. The director of NCIS is not... Nope, it just doesn't happen. It's not happening where that person is even... Right. It, unless there's a high, high, high-profile... And probably terrorism case or something, but it's it's just not happening. Which in the beginning, that was really yeah. all he ever did. They might they might um, brief the director on certain cases, but mm-hmm. the director's not down there. Like you, yeah. <laughs> the, the supervisor isn't walking into the director's office saying, "Hey, yeah, hey, I need help on this one." You yeah. Know? Um, and then Jack Sloan, she's the psychologist. Which psychologist. This is the first time I've seen the show. Like when we used to watch it, they didn't have a psychologist. I don't remember. No, they brought her in three years ago. Oh, okay. Yep. So she's a psychologist, and she's a special agent. Huh. That's true. The military criminal investigative agencies have psychologists assigned to them. Mm-hmm. I don't. I can't speak for NCIS. I know ours were not special agents; they were psychologists. So. Well, because can't you be a civilian special agent with OSI? You can, but that they just this person they they're not special agents. Right. Is that true of NCIS too? That you can be a civilian agent? But they're all civilians. Oh, they are? They're not active duty like you guys were? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. So, okay, that is the team. Yep, that's the team. I wanted to go over that because, so we're at the crime scene now, and Jimmy is there. So he's the medical examiner. Okay, so all these positions exist in real life. Mm -hmm. They're just not at your becking call, (laughs) and they're probably, some of them are geographically separated, Mm -hmm. and it's going to take requests and time to get the information back. Okay, so maybe Jimmy wouldn't be there right away in real okay, life. Okay, so now back to the crime scene, right? Mm-hmm. So you, chances are special agents would show up first, and they start documenting, they're going to document the crime scene. Mm-hmm. The medical examiner would eventually be there. Okay. Would eventually, well, no. The medical examiner, there's somebody else that comes out and and sort of picks up the body and... So it's it's the medical examiner is probably not the person. That's probably what out. Jimmy was originally in the yeah. show. He was like the intern a assistant or whatever. Or, yeah. Right, right. So the medical examiner is the person that's gonna, you know, cut open the body and mm-hmm. do a full examination. Right. But, but they'll 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 show up. That'll be after the fact. But yeah. So, but in this case, he's there. He's on the scene mm-hmm. with um with the special agent. So we'll talk about the scene. Yeah. So they're taking everything in. They're saying that it was between midnight and 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. Um, when this shooting happened. There was, it looks like you counted five shots through the windshield, and then there were some shots, yeah. bullet holes on the side of the car. That's what I saw. 
Um, and they didn't really talk about those in this. No, they didn't. So, and that's for some for me. Yeah, the show's silly, right? But that's <laughs> a tell, right? So, okay, so somebody's shooting at the front of the vehicle, and somebody's shooting from the side of the vehicle. They don't really get in the details about that in this in this case. It, but yeah. we learn it's a gang thing in, in the end, and so that's probably it. Tells me one of two things that someone was shooting at the front, got them to stop, and then they went around to the side and shot the side, or there was. Somebody shooting the front and the side at the same time. Right. And they didn't get into that in this one. So. No. And you would recreate the bullets, you know, the trajectory mm-hmm. that the bullets went. Because remember he had a shot and it looked like he was shot in his arm, right? Yeah. So he's, he was laying there dead in the in But the then when driver. they did another shot, it also looked like he was shot in the <laughs> shoulder too. Right. And then on the autopsy table, he had five and shots the- <laughs> at his chest, some random <laughs> yeah. pattern that I, I suppose it, it matched up with what I saw in the windshield. Right. And I guess the one on the shoulder or the side could be the side. Of the, <laughs> right, 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 the right. right. <laughs> and, and and then there's a lot of blood, a lot of blood. Yeah, and there was the one thing that I noticed right away that they took a few minutes to like they took a few scenes mm-hmm. to talk about, and it, it that scene made me really mad. The void pattern. Okay, right. <laughs> so let me. Yeah, we'll talk about that. The so what they're what you're trying to do, what they're trying to do, and they skip through it. So the photographer, they're like, who, who was taking the photo? Was it um, was it McGee or El- it uh, usually Ellie, is McGee, right? And but the thing is, that person's role. Everybody has a a job on on the uh, crime scene. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think NCIS has a, a unit. They have units that do this. People that are trained that are do it. Um, we we were all trained in the Air Force, and who's ever role, whoever got that role. So if you have if you're the photographer at a crime scene. That's all you're doing mm-hmm. because you're taking, you're starting way out doing overall and you're moving in then you're getting specifics of each right. piece of evidence and then you're documenting it. You're going to have a log. You're going to say photo one, this, photo two, and you're going to, so, and you might even have someone help you doing the log. So that's a, that's a full-time job for that's somebody. Cool. It's right. And nothing gets moved. Nothing gets mm-hmm. touched until everything is, is photographed. photographed because you have to um, be able to recreate the, the crime scene. And at this point, I think the watchers, the viewers of that show don't need to be told that it's a crime scene. <laughs> yeah. You know. They usually have the tape, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's another thing about this particular episode. There doesn't seem to be any discipline, right? People just walking everywhere. <laughs> there's no cordon. There's no, you know, the police tape. And, and, and because you got to you gotta check for everything, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they found some bullet there's bullet casings too mm-hmm. so there's and then and then they believed somebody else was in the car right so they took yeah they took the cup there was a passenger cup like i said the passenger ah, door was open that's right okay so there was a cup what so they're processing the there scene. was like two cups so, so they took one of okay them. so the bullets one guy's dead there's two cups with blood on it so they believe somebody else was in there mm-hmm. and then there's a missing something missing from the console right and how do we know that right it i mean it was a void pattern so there was mm-hmm. It blood splatter, Bef- spatter, sp- blood spatter. It's called. Blood most spatter. people get this wrong. It's called blood spatter. Blood spatter. Mm-hmm. Um. So when the guy was shot, there was something on that console, and then after he was shot, that thing was removed. So the blood made a perfect outline of whatever item was sitting on the console. 
and that I noticed immediately and I was like, oh, there was something there. Yeah. It, it, I mean, the show made it obvious. Right. But they didn't it talk might, about it though at but first. But it might not, it, it might not be that obvious. You might have to, you know, review and analyze it for, for a while. So there's, so what happened pretty much in what, about a minute was we knew there was shooting. We knew mm-hmm. a guy was dead. We knew where they shot from. We knew there was a second person in the vehicle and we knew something was taken from the vehicle. Right. And oh, we saw there was footprints. They kind of breezed through that. There was footprints. Uh, the the motorcycle tire tracks oh, also. Tra- they yeah. didn't mention that until yeah. like two scenes <laughs> later. So I didn't. I had to go back and put that in. I was like, what? Because you have to remember. I said it was walking all over the place. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you know it wasn't someone else's shoe print from that that's doing the crime scene? So that's why you have right. to take control and 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 so back to the medical examiner. The body might be there on scene for hours before the medical examiner gets there because you're securing it and you're trying to document it. So how do they control that? So, like, that's my question. So the police is called. They don't immediately know that he's a naval officer until they run his name. But that means they have to be on scene, creating their own crime scene, touching things to well, take so out. Well, so what their job is, the police, the like the patrol mm-hmm. first responders, is to secure it. And they're the ones that will set up the court and set up the, the, the police tape and you know they one of their first jobs is is the person alive right right so it's possible if somebody's like still alive they're going to call the paramedics and a crime scene can get contaminated but in this particular case they um they probably called well they don't show it but you call the medical and the medical's like nope he's dead even though a police officer could look right actually the medical people will say he believe he's dead but it's the medical examiner that that that, say, that yeah. actually is the one that legally calls it so eventually that medical examiner is going to show up or that person is going to show up and say yep dead well then how was well, so, a bullet wound you know but what i'm saying is how long does it take for them to identify that they need to call ncis because by that point how much has been well they probably ran the plates so they oh, didn't talk about duh. that so they probably I'm ran the plates yeah wallet driver's li- right, driver's license oh, okay so and I they also like noticed no money taken out of his um his wallet or his, his cell phone his was cell still phone there was still there so this is all signs of mm. something fishy's going on and so pretty quickly literally the next scene <laughs> the prince from the passenger cup comes back as lewis carter um <laughs> he had a bunch of different charges but the one that sent him to prison for life was for stealing socks <laughs> they made a joke about that it was like his third strike it was a third strike Right on a pretty, I think yeah. I forget what else, but he was he was in a gang as we mentioned earlier, so mm-hmm. we'll get to that. But I think they were trying to make a point about the third strike, you know, so they had right. stealing socks or something. Right, <laughs> and I think they were also trying to foreshadow that maybe he's he's not as nah, I don't know. Right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, again, pretty quickly they come back. So it's Petty Officer David Avila's who we're talking about. Yeah, they don't. The give, they didn't the, give us much time victim. to. They don't give us much time to peel the onion back, right? They just they just jump right to it. You missed it in our Monday episode, so now you got to throw the damn <laughs> onion <laughs> somewhere right. in there. Yeah, so he, David Avila, he is a volunteer. He's a star volunteer mm-hmm. at this first day program, which is basically just like helping people that are getting out of prison, right? Mm-hmm. So like providing rides to and from parole, to and from the jail, getting out of jail, um, Which, by the way, it's a made-up thing for the show. I I Googled it. Really? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't find anything like that. I feel like I've heard of Well, things. they get all kinds of programs, but if he's in jail right. for 20-something years, there's like there's already programs for that. You're a parole officer. 
True. A halfway house, Mm -hmm. you know. That's true. Not just some volunteer, you know, to all of a sudden meet you and, and, you know, hey, you want to volunteer to meet felons? Well, you know. Yeah, true. So. So then they get to, so then they go to the, uh, the first day program, right? So it's, uh, what's his name? Torres and Bishop, Ellie Bishop and Nick. Right. So it's Fez and the, the other girl. <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> so they go to the, uh, first day program. It's a nonprofit thing too. Yeah. And, uh, they're asking questions, you know, flashing their badges around. <laughs> and it's, uh, this like young kid that is like telling them about, uh, David Avila and they show them a picture of that little void pattern and they're mm-hmm. like do you know what could have been there and he the kid that they speak to actually like oh I, I is like I, I normally go with him on all his rides I just couldn't make it that day that was his what was it AM what word did I write down re-entry book <laughs> I can't read my own hand yeah right. it's like it's like a, a cheat sheet or just a it was names of a list of Businesses, places, yeah. so like barber shops, um, mm-hmm. places that they could go just, and yeah, be safe. Apparently, and get but, help, and it yeah. was all they were all owned by ex-convicts. Yep, so yep. he wanted to specifically support mm-hmm. their businesses, which is pretty cool of him. So then, pretty cool, the fictional character. Yes, Dad. Okay, <laughs> attitude. <laughs> yeah, so that's suspicious that the guy didn't go with him. Right. So he said he has that kid says he has. <laughs> That kid says that he has school that mm-hmm. night in college cl- classes. Mm-hmm. That's why he didn't make it, but he knew of it. So they end up going. How did they find? They just went through the reentry book, or did they? How, how did they get to the barbershop? I don't remember that part. Uh, the uh, um the the guy that didn't go with them mentioned it to him. Oh, did he? Why did he mention the barbershop? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> but I was taking notes as fast as I could. Right, yet. it's a show. So at some point, <laughs> a, at some point, the... a witness, a witness gets you to the barbershop mm-hmm. because uh, that's where they go. That's where the two agents go next to kind of follow up. Right. So they go to the barbershop, um, and the guy's coming out on lunch and acting funny, acting suspicious. They can tell he's lying to them, so they like bust in the door. Are mm-hmm. they allowed to do that? Because they he's lying to them. The way well, they bust in like so that. it wasn't clear. I was understanding that maybe he was indicating to them that something's gone. on. He stepped out of the way and allowed him to go in because it was his shop. Well, they showed him their badges and then said mm-hmm. something about lying to federal agents. Yeah, so that was that's not how. So that's a it's a true thing. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's um like she didn't lie to him that. Lying to federal it, agents. It's actually Pardon. Title eighteen, uh, subsection thousand one. But, but the thing is, no one knows what that is, Dad. Right. But the thing is, you don't. It's something that you use as leverage, and mm-hmm. she just the way she said it. Um, newsflash: lying <laughs> to federal agent is is a crime. Yeah, that's just so not the way you would do it. It just was funny. Uh, but they had to mm-hmm. get it out in the show, and and they right. almost every show they have it. So yeah, they get in there. You're right. Should have they had a warrant? You know, um, they believe something urgent was going on. So that's they believe they had probable cause to go in there. I guess. Oh, okay. And then there yeah. he is. There's the there's the, the what is his name? Lewis Carter. The guy that was and in he's the passenger seat, standing there, bloody, holding something yeah. that he was gonna like use for protection. Holding or like yeah, like a barrel or something. <laughs> so they bring him in, yeah. and Gibbs is doing the interview. The interrogation, yeah. Interrogation. You took notes on that, huh? 
What? Did you take notes? You have a question? Like, why is, yeah, why like is there what? only one person doing a subject interview? Why is the the boss doing it? Not oh, Is it not normal not, for only not, one person to do it? No, you did two people. Two people for this type of interview. Always. Mm-hmm. Always. You know, they, they had the, the COVID plexiglass between them. But <laughs> you, know, you always have... No masks. You always have two. Always have two. And... And but it, it's always him that this, mm-hmm. you know, he's good at it. <laughs> yeah, it's for the drama. But you, it would be the two people that brought him in. That's who it would be. Right. It'd okay. Be two special agents that brought him in. So it's unusual that mm-hmm. he was doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, he's saying he's innocent. I did write down the COVID partition because <laughs> it drove me crazy. <laughs> so and then the director and the psychologist are watching the interrogation. Yeah. See, there's the director. He comes. Let me walk down the hall. That was to the my, only sh- scene. He yeah. Was let me into. walk down the hall to my crackpot team. Just ordinary <laughs> team of four special agents that are running basic investigations. <laughs> let me walk we down ran and just some let pretty me just, big things. Let me okay. just walk down and stick my head in and watch this interrogation. <laughs> the psychologist too. Why would Yeah, well that's different. That might that could happen, but mm. it could happen. But if you ask for the psychologist for a like a profile, it's gonna take yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be doing it prior to catching the bad guy they caught the bad guy really fast yeah and he did ask her for a profile of the well, we're thinking he's the bad guy guy and i was like that's weird then gibbs is doing his like he doesn't believe what he's saying so he's yeah. like i'll be here for you because you know he's an ex-convict he's like why would i yeah. kill david he was the only one that was showing up for me yeah gibbs is like i'll show up for you if you don't yeah, lie so to now me and the drama <laughs> and everything you know um lewis ends up mentioning that he thinks he was the target um, because the guy that came up yelled uh, "Princessa" at him. Yeah, yeah, he's he he's a former gang member, right? So he thinks it was a hit on him, and he ran to the barbershop because David told him, "You know, go yeah. to the barbershop, get help." Go to the barbershop, yeah. right? They need to put him into. So it kind of goes back and forth. They go. I'm I'm going to talk about the protective custody, and then I'm going to go back to the mm-hmm. switching scenes. So then they they talk about well, he's now who the gang is looking for. He was he it was a hit on him and so he needs to be put under protective custody mm-hmm. but Torres takes him home. Yeah, I I what? don't really know what protective custody is because it, it's not the special agents that do that. It's right. somebody else, you know. If we wanted someone protected, we might just put them in jail, you know. Especially if they're civilian, they're not yeah, even like in the military or anything. Yeah. Oh, so this is a good point, right? Okay, so let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. So what do we know? We know we have the the navy officer who's deceased. Mm-hmm. And the other person in the car with him was a civilian, not non-military, non-navy. Right. He was. Uh, he had just gotten out of prison. Right. Civilian prison. And this navy petty officer was on volunteer time. Mm-hmm. So why is NCIS investigating this? Right. So he it would only they would only investigate it if so they, I, if it should it was, be a- if he was like on act if he was during. Uh, yeah, th- th- they don't really have jurisdiction over the person, right, or the Just, place. Okay, they do the offense, but you know this would be a joint, a joint investigation with somebody else because the bad guy doesn't belong to the navy. That's so okay. That was my other question: is why is why are they why did they arrest him and bring him in? I mean, you can arrest, you can arrest civilians, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So th- we we can investigate civilians all day long in, in the in the military. Right. There was no affiliation other than him killing a, a military guy. So that there's no jurisdiction over I I suppose NCIS could investigate 
him, but then it would have to be presented to, you know, a, you know, it wouldn't be a military court. It would be right. a swimming court. That's why it probably would have been a joint investigation. That's what I was thinking, too, the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so he's going to go stay with Fez for a few days. <laughs> yeah, stay with Fez. Well, our <laughs> listeners might not know, you know, well, I guess if they're your age. Then, that 70s yeah. show? Listen, right, that's so he's gonna, show He's going to stay guys. at his, his apartment. That's that's a no-no. You don't you don't show anybody, you know, especially right. a bad guy, you know, someone who just got out of jail. And what was making me laugh is this guy's been in jail for 21 years. Yeah. And There's no way. Nick, what's his name? Nick Torres lives in a fancy apartment yeah. with a no-touch sink, <laughs> like a hands-free sink yeah, to wash his hands, yeah. and an Alexa. He like lost his mind over Alexa. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, so, you just don't do that. That doesn't happen. Yeah. You don't do that. I feel like common sense dictates that. Yep. So then we're gonna go back to Jimmy in the medical examiner's little basement. Okay. So Gibbs goes in and he is asking him what information he has. So he's saying that now this was the cause of death, right? Was mm. hypovolemia shock due to the eight bullets. So there's eight bullets. He says, yeah, I, through his thoracic cavity. This was, a, I think, this was a little dramatic because then they, you know, because he, so the show, he lost his wife to COVID, so he ends up he's wigging out, so he ends up calling Ducky and they do a little video chat, and Ducky says, "Well, you you know the answer to this when you're in the fifth grade or something like that." He goes, well, you know, just a refresher because they wanted to to show that they were they were talking because he's working through some things. But the bottom line is he bled out from gunshot wound, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and the manner of death is homicide. So, yeah, cause of death, you know, eight, eight gunshot wounds and, and, and then he, and he bled out. So and he also had broken ribs to due to a CPR attempt, which they didn't. I was, yeah. They didn't talk about that. I'm like, who did CPR? That's on just him? fodder for the show. Yeah, you know, to show realistic autopsy report. You know, right. So then he goes down to Casey, and she says that she matched the bullets to unsolved murders that seem to be related to gangs. Okay, so they have bullet casings. There was no talk about bullets being recovered from the crime scene. So they probably, <laughs> bullets from him inside the body, they probably get recovered during the autopsy. Or I suspect somewhere inside the vehicle, the bullets lodged. So they got bullets, for bullet fragments and casings. Mm-hmm. So, and then, then they had, oh my God, that's just a lot of work. That that doesn't happen. Like it, One day. It, yes, that does <laughs> not happen that fast. And just the transporting of evidence back to the office, that takes a day but but by the time you pan over to the forensic specialist (laughs) she's got it all pulled up on her fancy computer yeah i feel like they kind of uh started slacking like this episode they i think they mostly just wanted to get through to covid this episode well and and the same time okay same time she's doing that um mcgee's on doing the computer thing and he's on there he's already (laughs) hacked into their social media and he's he's got some information and background about what's going on as well i think that's about Carter. Yeah. Because they're so. trying to find, they're trying to corroborate his, uh, I guess, so he, because he was a part of the gang. I forgot right. to mention that. So he was a part of the Saints gang. It's the Saints. Oh, that, so that's what it dropped, was. Yeah. And so, so they, they were they, trying to corroborate his phone calls from the jail. Right. And that's what's, so in some ways the show is pretty cool because they show, okay, he gave us a story. So, you know, you didn't hear uh, Gibbs say, okay, you, now, Tim, you go. And you do this to corroborate that. They just mm-hmm. jump to it. And he says, yep, 
I was on a social media site. He's with the gang, so that corroborates what he was saying. So they are calling, they're following up, calling the law firm because he says that he's talking to his lawyer mm-hmm. after hours and find they find out that that's a lie. So they think that he's uh, hiding more. So, you know, Torres gets all mad and threatens to drop him back off in the sa- at the Saints territory. Yeah, yeah. They drive up. And that this made me crazy because they literally drove up to this like neighborhood yeah. with like these like six gang members. Old, old, old dudes, and they were too. like, they were like looking and turning around are mm-hmm. you kidding me if that was real gang territory they would they have approached yeah, the vehicle <laughs> his, his, he's in his private vehicle yeah they um, would have come up to the vehicle they yeah. would have done something they would yeah. not have been allowed to sit there and chit chat about their decisions mm-hmm. so carter then open lewis carter ends up opening up he was lying he was trying to meet his daughter he ends up being a, a good guy yeah yeah, yeah. And then you mentioned when we were watching the quick corroboration of his story. So literally yeah. that was one scene and then yeah, like 30 was, seconds later. To show you. Yeah. we. Yeah. So they're making an attempt. Boom. Yeah. You know, they corroborated. I mean, the phone call doesn't take that, yeah. isn't that hard though. So, right. but it would be, it'd be a while because the person be on the social media going through that, you know, you know how long it, you know, you're on Instagram, Facebook, all those things. And at some point you brief the boss. So it's not like. It might be a couple of days before you brief the boss. Although, yeah, it, they're trying to track. Well, at this point, they already had him. So, um, yeah, okay. they're just trying to see if his story is true. All right, how do we get to? So then they go to an informant. Oh, now an informant. So see, we're doing so good. We have a crime scene. We got an interrogation. So we got autopsy. We got computer forensics, regular forensics, and we have an informant. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Good. It doesn't get any better than this. <laughs> and these. By the way, these spe- special agents, they got nothing else to work on this one case. Is that not accurate? That is not how, <laughs> it, it, if only that were true. If only that were true. Yeah. Gibbs and, what's her name? Ellie Bishop. They go talk to this informant. Um, she's been a part of this gang, the Saints gang, mm-hmm. since she was 14 years old. She knows, she tells them she knows the ins and outs. You know, not a lot of girls mm-hmm. get through initiation and stay in, the, in for as long. She's really in this. The only reason she's being an informant is she wants to uh, reduce in her... Uh, drug charges so she's telling them basically um listen if that guy has had a hit out on him first of all i don't even know him i would know if there was a hit on him if he has a hit on him it would be because he messed with their money essentially he's trying to double cross them on their guns dealing because they deal in these Mm -hmm. like ghost guns yep which is no registration no serial number you can put them together on like in your garage type of thing then there's some drama going on with Jimmy. <laughs> and then they find out. So now this seems like it's the next day. And they find out that David Avila, which if you remember is the naval officer who was the victim, he had tattoos before he joined mm-hmm. the military. So this is what I had a question about. I guess he got them removed, but like they're still there. How was he allowed to join the military with the gang affiliation? Is that a thing? Like if he drops it and gets rid of the tattoos? Yeah, you got to get rid of that stuff um well he got rid of the tattoos they were removed but like they documented it remember they said that they documented it before he joined because they probably so this has been going on for some years now if and i believe it still goes on if you when you come in if you want to get a tattoo removed they'll take care of it they'll pay for it oh yeah Oh, okay. So they it's allowed like a laser it. thing, yeah. So it's probably could have been documented in his records, mm-hmm. his medical records. They probably so in a death investigation, you there's a lot of stuff going on too. You're going to review the medical records mm-hmm. of the deceased, so that's possible. That's where that came from. They didn't really explain that, but 
That's possible. Something they also didn't do that they normally would do in the like beginning of the show is talk to like friends and family. They didn't do like yeah, any, they the, didn't show any of that. No, in this no, episode. no witness interviews. You know, they just except for the nonprofit right. organization. Right. So everything that we learned in the first fifteen minutes of this episode would take. You know, you'd go through probably five, six, eight, ten informants before you get to this one. You go through tons of witness interviews before you. You get to where where you need to be. So right. right. So he was in the gang. David mm-hmm. Avila was in yeah. the Saints gang, and he actually had tattooed on him. His gang alias was Princessa. Mm-hmm. So if you remember, I mentioned mm-hmm. yeah that whoever shot him was screaming that at them. And so that's now what Lewis Carter recalled. Right. So now it looks like the other guy just getting out of prison purely was just a coincidence. The wrong place at the wrong time. And they right. were after this Navy guy. Right. He, The Navy naval officer was the Be, target. Because what the informant said, he was into something. He figured something out. Mm-hmm. So they bring back in that kid from the, um, that pro, what was it, the organization? Yeah, the first day the, program the first or whatever. The first day made up. And they're the interviewing show. him. This I thought was interesting too. So they have uh, Torres and Lewis Carter, the convict that was with him when mm-hmm. he was shot, watching the in, in interrogation. Is that normal? I mean, I guess to like trigger no. memories or something? Nope. Okay. <laughs> no. So he was watching the interrogation. Absolutely not. Torres was like, is that who shot at you? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> so, but it's because of this, right? Mm-hmm. So the kid is talking and he's like, uh, Gibbs is like, we found out like you dropped out of school three months ago. You weren't in school that day. You were the only one who knew that he had this drive. And the kid finally comes clean and is like, well, you know, he had, he was arguing with Marcus. He got into a fight with Marcus. And that's when they show Lewis Carter behind the glass. And he's like, oh, wait a minute. He goes, that's, that's the guy from the, the barber shop. I like when I grabbed that thing, I grabbed I a grabbed barrel. A gun. barrel. It was a barrel to a gun. No, yeah, yeah. that's what I was do grabbing. See, do you see how dramatic it is getting all the pieces together? Oh, by the way, Gibbs is doing the um, the interview again. Apparently, right. nobody else is is responsible enough to, to do these. He's really good at it. Yeah. Dad. Apparently, nobody's responsible enough. Well, Okay, so they have that big uh, realization, and then they go busting into the barber shop. And again, can you just go? But I'm assuming they got a warrant or something. Yeah, yes. So I don't know how NCIS by themselves got a warrant, <laughs> right? You know. Uh, so yeah, the the purview of the investigation is probably some you know state police, local police. D- DC police, I think. Um, but yeah, they have probable cause now, right? So the way they're lining it up in the show for you, they have witnesses. You know, they have proof that he used to be in the gang and he was called Princess or whatever. So they they have probable cause what they believe that he was the target. And now they have probable cause that the barbershop was the one dealing in the, um, in the guns. Right. So they arrest him. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how? So how? Yeah. It, how does NCIS? Then, and it's like them reading his Miranda rights. Yeah, yeah. No, that it says that. I don't. I mean, they're gonna have to take it to the to the U.S. Attorney. Yeah. Who, where would they put him in custody? Yeah. Not. Um. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. He's a this civilian. Would, this would be a joint case. Also, if he's FBI. an ex-con, as you know, is he on? Mm. Does he have rules? To, like, yeah. is he really out, or is yeah. he on probation type of thing? Like. Mm-hmm. That was yeah, all of I, my I just, questioning. I, that's not how it would happen. It would be like a joint case probably. Right. So that was my main question that I highlighted at the end. Yeah. That was like, how does NCIS I don't know. <laughs> just arrest? <laughs> well, you can arrest a civilian, right? Right. But, but like, let's say there's, the there's, let's say there's a drug deal 
drug dealer dealing drugs on the base. You can go that can you can make that happen. But where do you put them though? But well, no, you you it's it's the federal level, so you'll you'll make arrangements for that. But yeah, you this particular case, I don't I don't know why they would. That's not correct. It was interesting. Yeah. So how yeah. accurate on a scale of one to ten would you say this episode was? You know, I the fact that they had the crime scene and they collected evidence and and then they were able to kind of corroborate some of it and stories and and then the fact that you know they had they did the interview the autopsy the informant and the computer forensic and regular forensics that's ac- that's all accurate that so like the small stuff, details yeah that that stuff will happen it just doesn't happen fast and I mean, boy, they get a hold of each other. Hey, this is, you know, the, the next scene. Oh, I already, ran, I already got that information for you. Jeez, we were just on the crime scene a minute ago. Yeah. You know, the crime scene wasn't, you know, I think this show, the way they staged it to show the the dead guy, the blood, and the bullet holes, that, that's not bad. That's that's pretty good. But, but yeah, it, it's, they could, there's a little bit more that would go on in um at a crime scene. Like right. they're lengthy and they're blocked off for hours and hours and hours and hours hours. Right. So that's crazy. But it's not very. It's just drama. This is just drama. This is not accurate. Yeah, it was also it was not, not a very good yeah. episode. I'd not recommend mm-hmm. watching this episode for good acting in television. Mm-hmm. So. All right. But yeah, that, that and, was, and that's. That's it. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, that was that was cool talking <laughs> about the show. It's I, neat because we I used just, to watch it. My my NCIS buddies will probably kill me when they hear once if they hear this. Because <laughs> you used to work with NCIS. Yeah, right? yeah, of course. Air Force OSI and NCIS was was partnered up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's so because most people have heard of NCIS. Whenever someone has asked me what you've done in the Air Force or mm. what you do, I usually will just explain it as mm. he was OSI. It's like NCIS before the Air Force. Yeah. <laughs> So that's how I explain it. Yeah. All right, cool. That was fun. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. This, I know this was a little uh, surprise, something fun, something different. Um, we hope you enjoyed it. We had fun. We had fun watching the show. It was it was a little like throwback to me, you, and mom sitting on the couch yeah. watching yeah. it again. Yeah. You know, if you guys you guys did this getting us to a hundred followers now, over a hundred on Instagram, we greatly appreciate all of you hearing from all of you. Um, this has been a lot of fun. So if you, you know, if we get to another hundred, let's say 200, we will do another one of these because yep. it's just a lot of fun. Little bonus yep. content. So get the word out there. Yeah. Help share. Uh, you know, if you're listening to us, screenshot us, tag us. We'll repost it. We just love to see all of it. But uh, get the word out and we'll get to do another one of these. All so right. thank you guys. Uh, as per usual, I'll do my little outro you can follow us on instagram at true crime archives podcast give us a rate and review on apple podcast you can leave us a voice memo on anchor.fm potentially something for us to plug into future episodes so we cannot wait to hear from you guys and we'll see you next week later (laughs) 